Good morning. Welcome. We're glad that you're here this morning. Uh, it's a it's a cold morning outside, but it's warm inside, and uh, it's great to be in a place where we can share warm fellowship with one another. Uh, we welcome our guests, especially today. You're very important to us. We're glad that you're here, and hope that God's going to bless you and. Uh, and that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together this morning. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row uh, in the purple folder there. We'd like to ask, if you would, to take that and to fill it out so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. Uh, Give us as much information as you feel comfortable giving us, and, and especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, please be sure to put your email address on there. That's um, a, a newsletter we send out by email every Thursday, and it's a great way to keep up with the opportunities of service and worship and, and fellowship here at Community Baptist Church. Speaking of which, let me call to your attention some things that are coming up or have recently coming, come up. And the first one is something that recently uh, took place this past week, and that is the Lenten lunch that we had here at uh, Community Baptist Church on, on Wednesday. It was a wonderful success. We had a lot of people here from all over the, all over the Henderson and, and other places as well. Um, a good crowd of folks, a wonderful lunch. So thank you, thank you, thank you for everyone uh, who had a part in making that a tremendous success. We are continuing our Lenten lunch series uh, through uh, up to Easter, up through Easter actually. Um, and next week on Wednesday, our Lenten lunch will be at First United Methodist Church. So please put that down, and I uh, hope to see you there on Wednesday for lunch. Uh, and, uh, short worship service and then lunch together, and it's a great time of fellowship with the, the faith community around, around Henderson. We're going to be having a, uh, an outing this evening. We're going to be going to the Iceman uh, hockey game. And over in Evansville, and if you would like to come and be a part of that, then let me invite you to come here right after the worship service to kind of get our heads together and find out how many people are interested in going. I think it's, um, it's family night tonight, and so it, it's reduced rates. It doesn't cost very much to go. So uh, just meet uh, Matthew and Christine right here in front uh, right after the worship service, and we'll, we'll talk about... Uh, uh, how we get there and all the specifics of that. I know our worship folder says that the women's mission group will be meeting tomorrow, but that's going to be uh, postponed. With, they will not be meeting tomorrow, but that will be rescheduled. Uh, but uh, one thing concerning the, the Baptist women group or the women's mission group is that there is an event that's coming up here on March, I think it's the 23rd, which is the Runway Red. That's always hard to say. Runway Red. It's a fundraiser for uh, Matthew 25, uh, a fashion show and a, and a meal. And if you would like to come and to help serve uh, for that, uh, we encourage you to do that. And you can see Brittany uh, Smith, and uh, she'll be glad to sign you up for that. And I've got it on, on good authority. This is a secret, folks. I have it on good authority that we will have, uh, I think, nine of the panels from the AIDS quilt hanging around our sanctuary for about a week, either before or after the uh, uh, runway red. 
So that'll be a wonderful experience to be able to see these these beautiful uh, uh, memorials and and, and and honors to people uh, who have suffered from HIV and AIDS. Kids Fest is coming up on March the 24th as well, and so put that on your calendar if you if you're a kid, uh, if you know kids, if you would like to be a kid, uh, then come on March the 24th and put that on your calendar. Okay, I think I'm about out of announcements, so let's stand and uh, greet each other, and let's uh, just share the love of God with one another this morning.
Good morning. This is the Lent reading for March the 3rd. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press, and built a tire. He then leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time came, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves, beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they were treated in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Jesus said to them, Have you never read the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. This is a reading from Matthew 21, verses 33 through 42. In the minds of the disciples, and indeed, indeed most people, to die in the midst of a fight is failure. But Jesus' whole strategy was to turn failure into victory. He realized that he must be the son thrown out of the vineyard and killed. He was the stone rejected by builders. His destiny was death. Today we extinguish our third candle in recognition that in order for Jesus to become the cornerstone of our faith, he must first be rejected and die. The scripture reading this morning is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 1 through 9. An invitation to abundant life. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you that have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear, and come to me. Listen, so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord that he may have mercy on them and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts.
now that I have your attention. Um, well, first of all, before I start, I will admit that I made a mistake this morning. I was fixing my supplies for the children's sermon, and I wanted to talk to you today about getting invited to something. So I was making an invitation. I was going to put invitation, and then I decided, no, I'll put you're invited. And my mind somehow ended up writing, you're invitated. <laughs> now, have you ever gotten an invitation to something? Yeah, like what did you get invited to? A birthday party. And when you are invited to a party, what do you know is going to be there that you will enjoy? Cake and probably something to drink, right? Well, the scripture today from Isaiah, Isaiah is offering an invitation to the people. He's saying, come, come drink the water. Only the kind of water Isaiah was talking about is not this kind. You see, the people in those days had wandered away from God. And they were spending their money and their time doing a lot of things that really weren't important. And when we wander away from God, sometimes we say that we are thirsty. We're thirsty for the Spirit. It doesn't mean thirsty like this, but we're thirsty to have God's words come to live in us. And so this is what Isaiah was saying to the people in the scripture that Miss Debbie just read. He was saying, come, drink of the waters. Spend your money doing things that are important. Follow God. Do you think that sometimes we get our schedule so busy and so full that sometimes we don't take time to talk to God? Sometimes we do, don't we? Sometimes we fill up all of our time scurrying to and fro, and and then Sunday gets here, and, oh gosh, this is a day I could sleep in. Mm. You know, we're filling our time with things instead of God. So what Isaiah is saying to the people, come, your souls are thirsty. Come to God, and your soul will receive living water. So I want you to think about this, and I want all the adults to think about this scripture that Brother Tim is going to preach on today, because he's going to talk about us uh, being thirsty for the living water that only God can give. Thank you all very much. You've been very good. Appreciate it.
Would you join with me in prayer? Oh, most gracious Heavenly Father, as we come into this season of hope and growth and are, have seen, hopefully, the ending of the cold and in the dreariness, we ask that with this season of hope that we can continue to look within our hearts and to give freely and openly and as we learned in class repentantly and do so so that the work of this church can continue to be spread and that we can all live together Strive together and continue to peacefully exist. And as we go through this day, please remember to bless us and all those as hopefully we have been blessed by you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Thank you so much for that. I, I tell you, I cannot hear that song without tingles going up and down my spine. I think probably many of you are the same way, and it's a, a beautiful song. Well done. Thank you so much, David. That's uh, Becky Hudson's father, so we kind of know where her talent comes from, don't we? It's a genetic thing, so thanks for sharing that with us today. You know, drought um, can be a terrible thing, and, and whether we know it or not, it affects each and every one of us. Uh, food prices increase as farmers' crops die in the field, and some places water uh, has to be rationed as reservoirs are depleted. It's serious business, but you know me. I always like to uh, look for a place to smile, even in the face of, of difficult times. And, and I found a couple of places here. In, in a book called Blame It on the Weather, there is a drought-related story which happened at the beginning of a, a major drought that took place here in North America in 1988. It seems that a meteorologist named John Davis who worked at the brokerage firm of Smith Barney. And I never thought about this, a meteorologist working for a brokerage firm. But, it, you know, when you think about it, it makes sense because they, they deal in, in, uh, in, in the sale of crops and things like this. But he worked at this brokerage firm of Smith Barney in Chicago. Well, he inadvertently created quite a stir on the Chicago Stock Exchange when he wore a trench coat outside for a cup of coffee. Uh, Davis told the, the Wall Street Journal that he had to walk past all of the traders on the exchange floor to get out of his office. And when the traders saw this meteorologist wearing a trench coat, they figured that it was some kind of a secret signal that the weather was going to break and it was going to start raining. And so they started selling the market. However, Davis explained that it was simply a cool day, and he had put on his trench coat to go outside because it was, it was chilly out. He started a selling frenzy on Wall Street simply because he wore a coat. It's a crazy world we live in, isn't it? Best-selling author Andy Andrews tells about a tribe of aboriginal rainmakers in Australia who were, now get this, folks, they were 100% successful. In making rain. A hundred percent successful in making rain. Now, aboriginals are known for their, their rain dances, but some tribes were more successful than others. And word got around that this particular tribe was always able to make rain. And so when the white communities were in trouble due to a drought, they began to call upon this tribe to come and do their rain dance. And on one occasion, the leader of a, of a white community went to the king of this renowned group and asked him, why is it that every single time you dance, it rains? And the king replied, well, it's actually very simple. We dance until it rains. <laughs> That's a good lesson, isn't it? It's, it's not magic, it's perseverance. But droughts have always been with us. The worst famine in, in recorded history occurred in China, 1876 to 1879. The drought destroyed nearly all of the crops in China and resulted in the deaths of nearly 13 million people. 
Droughts will always be with us. Much of our nation was afflicted with a terrible drought just last year, and climatologists tell us that that this is only the beginning of many more bad weather events that we will experience in the future. These droughts will be accompanied by, by severe shortages of drinking water. Experts tell us that stealing water will be one of the defining crimes of the 21st century. Half the world's population is likely to be living in water-stressed regions by the year 2025. That's not that far away. And some countries can be in very serious trouble. And that's scary when you think about it. What happens if we run out of water? Well, the people of Israel knew about droughts. They lived in a land where water was precious. And so the prophet Isaiah spoke to a receptive audience when he when he wrote these words, Come, all of you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen to me, he said, and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest fare. Come, give ear, and come to me. Listen, that you may live. Isaiah is speaking to Israel on behalf of God, and and he's not writing about a physical thirst, of course. He's writing about a a spiritual thirst, and he, he gives the people some clues as to why their lives are parched. On a more contemporary note, Joseph Campbell once said about his friends that they were living in what he calls what he calls wasteland lives, and they are wandering in the wasteland without any sense of where the water is. You see, spiritual thirst did not end in Isaiah's time. It's still with us today. And Isaiah tells us, first of all, that the people become spiritually parched when they have misplaced their values. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost, he writes. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. That's at the heart of of the people's problem, says Isaiah. They're spending their money and their time on that which never really satisfies them. And I think that that's something that could be accurately said of people in every generation. In one of her books, Annie Dillard writes about the ill-fated Franklin Expedition. Back in, the 18, back in 1845, Sir John Franklin and 138 officers and men embarked from England in two large sailing vessels to find the Northwest Passage across the Canadian Arctic to the Pacific Ocean. Each vessel carried one auxiliary steam engine and a 12-day supply of coal for the entire voyage, which was projected to take somewhere between, one, uh, between two and three years. Instead of carrying additional coal, 
Each ship made room for a 1,200-volume library, a hand organ that played 50 tunes, china place settings for officers and men, cut glass wine goblets, and sterling silverware. The expedition carried no special clothing for the Arctic weather, only the uniforms of Her Majesty's Navy. And that was a sad mistake. You see, not long after the expedition entered into the waters of the Arctic, the two ships became trapped in the ice off of, the, off of King William Island. And many of the crew members perished on board the ship, including Franklin himself. Those who survived that part began walking across the ice toward the Canadian mainland, but they did not make it either. They all perished along the way, including two officers who set out pulling a large sled. They traveled more than 65 miles across the treacherous ice with this heavy load in tow. And when rescuers found their bodies, they discovered that the sled was filled with table silver. They gave their lives for a sled full of forks, spoons, and knives. How absurd. Folks, no matter how much that sled was worth, it was not worth their lives. But people make that mistake all the time. Parents neglect their children in search of the almighty dollar. Spouses neglect one another, and we trade our health, we trade our integrity, we lose our souls searching for something that can never really satisfy us. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? James Pye tells a contrasting story about a lady in Northern Ireland who had a much wiser approach to life. It seems that she was about to, to host a, a series of prayer meetings at her house. And so she invited her neighbor, who was of a different faith. And the neighbor felt that she could not come. But after the first meeting, the, the neighbor inquired about how the service had gone. And the woman replied, oh, it was wonderful. She said, we had 35 people and my little cottage was full. Well, a week later, they had a similar conversation. And she said, we had 51 people and my little cottage was full, said the lady. The final meeting is next week, she said. You would be welcome to attend. Well, the neighbor did not come. But still she inquired as to how the meeting had gone. And, and the woman said, it was marvelous. We had 62 people and my little cottage was full. And so the neighbor said, well, you know, it's not really possible. You how can you have 35 people the first week and it was full and 51 the next week and it was full and 62 yesterday and it was full? And the lady said, well, it's quite simple, really. We simply got rid of all of the furniture and put it out in the garden. We emptied the house of everything that cluttered it up until it was filled with people. In this lady's estimation, furniture wasn't important people were. Silverware wasn't important, but two officers of a frozen ship gave their lives trying to take it with them. 
folks, you can't take it with you. As Isaiah tells us, people become spiritually thirsty when they have misplaced their values. Then secondly, people become spiritually parched when they betray their values. The Bible's way of saying this is that people become spiritually thirsty when they sin. And a few verses after this that we've read already, Isaiah says, Seek the Lord while God may be found. Call on God while God is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and God will have mercy on them for God will freely pardon. You know, we don't use that word wicked very much anymore, do we? Unless we're talking about a smash Broadway musical. But that doesn't mean that people no longer do wicked things. They do. We just use different words to describe it. In today's vernacular, mistakes were made. You heard that. Or people were confused. Well, folks... During this Lenten season, a season of of repentance, a season of reflection, a season of, of turning to God, I think it might help for us to acknowledge that what we're doing is sinning. All of us. Sinning against our family, sinning against our neighbor, against our church or ourselves, and ultimately sinning against God. During the early years of his ministry, Keith Miller traveled all around the country speaking uh, to a lot of men's groups about the adventure of life with Christ. And at one particular meeting, uh, kind of on on an impulse, he said, I have the darndest feeling that I came here to talk to one of you guys. And as soon as he sat down after his message, he said to himself, you stupid jerk. What would you say something like that for? But after the meeting, a distinguished gentleman named John came forward and he had tears in his eyes and he said, I'm the one. And so they talked. Miller said, how'd you get here? John said, I'm an an attorney and I, I travel a lot. I'm married and I don't live in this town, but my mistress does. And I was here to see her. But when I got out of my car at her apartment, I ran into three guys from my hometown. And one of them said, hey, John, what are you doing here? John said, well, I was paralyzed. I didn't know what to say. And so I just kind of shrugged and said, I'm just passing through. He said, well, why don't you come with us to hear this Christian businessman named Keith Miller? And and I said, sure, I, I don't have anything else to do. He said, that's how I got here. And I heard you talking about being frustrated. I heard you talking about pushing your life too hard and how God can help you. And I realized that my life is out of control. And I'm scared. Well, Keith had a plane to catch, but he didn't want to just leave the man. So he said, would you like to commit your life to Christ and commit yourself to your family and learn to live again? And John said, yeah, I think I would. And so Keith said, then tell God where you've been and who you are. 
He said, confess. Then tell the Lord, I give it up. I give it all up. Show me how to live because I don't know how anymore. And John said, well, I'm not sure I can do that. And so Keith said, well, can you tell God that you want to want to do that? And he said, well, yeah, I can. And so the two of them prayed and and Keith left to catch a plane. And they kept corresponding for the next year or so. and, And John began to change. He was doing loving things for his family, for his church, for his his community. He was talking to people about what was happening in his life. And then he asked Keith to come to his town and give a talk to some of his friends about Christianity. And Keith agreed to come. John picked him up at the airport and, and John told Keith, people keep asking me how I became a Christian. I really just don't know what to tell them. I don't know what to say. And Keith said, well, I don't know what I can do, but I'm glad to see you, and we'll give it a try. They approached the church, and they heard sounds of singing. The minister met them out front and said, I want to tell you, Mr. Miller, I don't know what you did for John, but he's changed my life. And Keith was taken aback by those words, but not as much as what he saw when he entered into that sanctuary. You see, he saw the faces of all of John's friends who wanted to know what had happened to John. All 800 of them. My friends, John's life was changed in a radical way. But first he needed to acknowledge his sin. He needed to ask God to help him to begin all over again. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and God will have mercy on them and freely pardon. People are thirsty because they have misplaced their values, and people are thirsty because they have betrayed their values. And then finally, people are spiritually parched because they depend on their, re- their own resources. And you can't do that. Listen to these words. Come, all of you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you, ha- you who have no money, come and buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost, says Isaiah. Those words are echoed in, in Revelation 22, verse 17, which says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. Do you see what these two passages are saying to us? They are saying to us that the resources of God are available to every single one of us, regardless of who we are, regardless of what we have done. They are available. And get this, folks. They are free. All we have to do is ask. 
It's an old story about a ship that was sailing in those days before radio beacons, and, and the ship floundered in a, in a hurricane off the coast of South America. The crew began to run out of water. All around them was water, but it, it was salt water, and drinking it could be fatal. And so one by one, they died. But the tragedy of this situation is that unknown to them, they had traveled into the region of the mouth of the Amazon River. Now, the Amazon River is the largest river in the world, and, and there's more water flowing from the Amazon than from the Yangtze, the Mississippi, and the Nile put together. So much water comes from the mouth of the Amazon River that they can de- detect its currents 200 miles out into the ocean. And all around these unsuspecting sailors was fresh water. All they had to do was reach down and drink it. Anything they needed. But they didn't know. Does that describe your situation today? Is your life materially rich but spiritually parched? And come. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost, said Isaiah. Why spend your money on that which is not bread? And why do you labor on that which does not satisfy you? Listen to me, he said. Eat what is good. Delight in the richest fare. No longer will you live in a wasteland. Come. Come and feast on the bounty of of God's grace. Come and drink in the fulfilling drink of living water. Come and be refreshed by the Spirit of God's mercy. Come to me, he says, and let me quench your thirst for meaning in life. Come, says the Lord. Come to me. Would you come to God today? Would you? Amen. We're going to sing a very appropriate song, I think. I lay my sins on Jesus. And that's what we've been talking about, folks. Giving it over to God. Laying our sins on Jesus. And you know, every, every single one of us here is a sinner. Anybody here not a sinner? I didn't think so. We all are. Every single one of us. Our sins may be different. But we're all there. And there's nothing we can do about it except to lay our sins on Jesus. And that's what we're called to do. That's what Isaiah tells us. Come to me and I will give you pardon. Come to me and I will give you forgiveness. Come and I will quench your thirst. If you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ, that's the invitation for you today. Come. Come to the Lord. Confess your sins. Not to me, to God. Ask for God's forgiveness. And ask for God's help in leading your life from this day forward.
We invite you to do that if you've never made that commitment. If you're looking for a church to be a part of, we invite you to come and unite with our church. Or maybe you need a time of prayer. Maybe you've, your life is in a, a spiritual drought. And you could use some refreshment. Then my invitation to you is the same as God's. We have come to this place thirsting for a word from you, O Lord. We need your mercy and your pardon. And you have not failed us. You have given us the living water of life. You are our rock and our deliverer. And we leave this place refreshed because we have met you here. Now go with us, O Lord. Fill our thirst for you so that we may be an oasis of joy to those around us. Amen. Amen.